and welcome to a fresh mental game podcast. Great to talk with all of you. I am your trusty host, Sam Brief, here in the home studio in Chicago. And I know I always say this, so I probably sound like a broken record, but I'm super excited for today's guest. A totally unique perspective of a recently retired high-level pro baseball player who is now a mental performance coach. His name is Ryan Lidge. He played seven years in the New York Yankees system and with the Chicago Dogs baseball team, a team that is near and dear to my heart as former broadcaster. And now Ryan is working for Zone Coach as a mental performance coach, where he has joined one of the leaders in the Chicagoland area in mental performance coaching, working with colleges, working with high schools, and really helping train the next generation of minds to think right, play right, and abide by all the mental game principles that we just love to break down. But Ryan's got a great story. I mean, this is a guy who really comes from baseball royalty, right? His family has been there, done that. His cousin, you might have heard of him if you're a baseball fan. It's Brad Lidge, who played over a decade in Major League Baseball, won the 2008 World Series with the Philadelphia Phillies. Ryan's his little cousin, and Ryan kicked butt coming up in the Chicagoland area, starring at Notre Dame, and then getting drafted by the Yankees. But didn't really work out. He ended up getting cut. He gave up on baseball, but then something something that might surprise you, brought him back to the game and really sharpened his mental game. So we'll have a lot on that, a lot on Ryan's mindset in retirement, what it's like not to play, and then to fill that with actually coaching others on the mental side of things. So you will love this with Ryan Lidge. I think you'll learn a lot. He's also just a fun guy to talk to. So just soak it in and enjoy the latest mental game podcast. Coming in hot with Ryan Lidge in three, two. One. Ryan Lidge, welcome to the mental game. Sam, I'm so fired up to be here right now, man. I mean, uh, I have a ton of respect for you. And uh, the mental game podcast, I couldn't think of a more perfect uh, podcast for me to be on right now. And me too. And here's the thing. Yes, your full-time job right now is to help young athletes with their mental health. So, of course... You're a great guest to have on the podcast, but you already were before you even hung up the cleats and stopped playing baseball because in my time broadcasting professional baseball, I don't think I met anyone who was as locked in on the mental game as you are. So it makes sense on the surface that you're doing the job you're doing now, but tell me the state of Ryan Lidge right now and what you're doing. Yeah, so Ryan Lidge decided that 2023 was going to be his last a uh, year playing professional baseball, just playing baseball overall. So a big transition, but the transition was smooth. It was easy. It, I can't say it was easy, but it was uh, it wasn't as a major of a challenge as it is a lot for a lot of other professional ball players. Just because I'm in the mental performance game, um, and so Zone Coach is a mental performance consulting company. And yes, we do a lot of things in sports, but we also do a lot of things in life, business. Uh, in terms of our, we've been a company for 50 years, actually. Uh, our founder, Jim Fannin, coached uh, athletes to the likes of Alex Rodriguez, Frank Thomas, uh, current baseball players, J.D. Martinez, uh, Jim Tomei is one of the guys. Um, but he also uh, was in the uh, uh, business realm, 350 executives of the Fortune 500 company. 
uh, golfers, number one in the world, number one in the world in tennis, uh, MLS all-stars, Freddie Adu, he actually helped coach. That's a, a name drop there. Uh, but uh, it's really what the company is. It's it's a thought management company. Uh, if you want to change how you feel, if you want to change how you perform uh, in anything, if it's a sales pitch, if it's an athletic performance, if it's just wanting to be a better parent, then you just need to change how you think. And we have a uh, thought management system uh, that gives you awareness of your thoughts, which gives you awareness of your actions. And now you can think less while doing more. So it, I'm so excited to be doing it. To help people upstairs is is way more important than than helping someone you know win a win a gold glove or or or, or become an all star. Right? That's all nice. That's all great. But if I can help you think less and, and reduce anxiety and and get rid of uh, uh, mental clutter and and give you that clarity and and that peace the calmness that that you need just in everything in life then then i will be very fulfilled so i'm excited to be doing uh work with zone coach now it's a really interesting concept that i hear a lot sort of worded differently but the concept that how you think directly impacts what you do and how you perform so what's behind that because i feel like that is the cornerstone philosophy of zone coach and what you do yeah, so um, throwing some t- statistics out at you okay. and everyone listening. Uh, so every day we have about 2,000 to 3,000 thoughts per day. And, and some of these are random. They're, what's the weather like? Uh, I want, I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. I got to go to the bathroom. Um, and some of them are more important. Like I need to finish this project. I need to uh, uh, study if you're studying for a test. Uh, now, sometimes on chaotic days, that can get up to 3,000 to 4,000 thoughts. And with your thoughts, the majority of people, about 80% of those thoughts are either in the past or the future, where only 20% are in the present moment. And what do we know about peak performance is that happens in the present moment. So we need to reverse that. So we need to be aware of what we're thinking. And the other part, too, with our thoughts is with every single thought you have, it's either positive or negative. It can't be positive or negative at the same time not simultaneously. So it's either a positive thought or a negative thought. And that thought itself is either in the present, in the past, or the future. And so the champion, the the, the high elite performer, or we call them zoniacs, because they're in that zone state all the time, they are in the present moment 80% of the time and only going in the past that 20% of the time to evaluate and only going into the future to see what they want and what they want to accomplish. And so that's all about changing how you think. I need to be in the present moment. And we have tools, we have strategies and tactics to help you do that. Uh, we have a performance system. It's a thought management system called SCORE, which is S-C-O-R-N-E. That's an acronym. Uh, and those are five markers that everyone walks around with a certain uh, degree of self-discipline, certain degree of concentration, optimism, relaxation, and enjoyment. And when all those markers are at a high level, you get yourself in the zone state. And so that's essentially the elevator pitch on how you would change how you think. I know that was a decent amount to put out there, but I get fired up about it because a lot of people, they're not aware that, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm only thinking about the future today. I'm only thinking about the past. My cat has clearly entered the picture. I don't know if you can <laughs> see my, those who are watching on Spotify and on YouTube might see my pride and joy, Tony, saying he's interested in changing his thoughts. But Tony's always in the zone. 
Oh, he is. I, I guarantee you that Tony does not think about the future, and Tony does not think about the past. He only cares about the present. It's 100% of the time. That's hilarious. And, and I mean, that's very true. And when you're in that zone state, which if you're listening back home, go back to a time where you were in the zone as a ball player. I was in the zone a ton of the times. And a lot of people only think that it's just an athletic thing being in the zone or other people call it locked in on fire, whatever the verbiage you use. But Sam, as a broadcaster, you would get in the zone if you're uh, uh, when you're on a date, you can get in the zone when you're on a date, giving a sales pitch, having a, a large business meeting, or even just if you have children at home, if you have kids, you're in the zone with your kids. So it's not just an athletic thing. It's, it's something in, it's a very holistic approach that we have at zone coach. And we want to get you in the zone more often than not in the zone. I love the sales pitch, and I'm right there with you. You know, you could be in the zone cooking a meal, watching a movie, like simple things of life. There's no rules. If you're locked in in the moment, you're in the zone. Now, I hear that you're getting fulfilled by this, and you allude to ball player can be in the zone, and as a broadcaster, I saw you in the zone many, many times. Now, the transition from professional baseball player to mental performance coach giving these sales pitches and working with clients, that's a pretty stark transition. And I know that you did that transition in just about 10 days. So take me through how it feels to be post-playing. Yeah, so honestly, um, through my baseball career, I started to form this leadership role um, where I was – comfortable I, i've always honestly naturally been comfortable in front of a crowd maybe in high school i had to get used to it but speaking in front of my teammates or speaking in front of fans it it makes me not nervous but uh i get the butterflies which is actually a part it's a uh, attribute of the zone is getting the butterflies um and so it's a good thing and i didn't realize that until i started to get on this mental journey but the biggest thing is definitely like calling people saying hey i want to present and I'm not really selling to you, but I am. That's not really a realm that I've been in. Um, giving actual legit presentations, not just speaking freely as I think like, hey, we need, you know, as a baseball team, hey, we need to we need to focus more here, guys. Like this is what this pitcher is going to do. This is what these hitters do. If we're having like a scouting report before a, a big series. Now I'm actually having to give information that people really like this is important to them. I have a mental coach coming in that says I can help you. He or he can help you think better. That's a big responsibility. And I've got to make sure that I know my information that I'm well prepared. So it's, it's not crazy different, but I would say the word uh, that I use, which if you don't know it, look it up. It's called being fastidious, which is detail oriented. There's so many more details that I have I need to be more aware of now that I'm in this uh, uh, business realm, if you will. Right. This isn't a locker room speech. Yeah. You've got to be strategic. Do you miss the game? I miss it every single day. And I haven't even, it hasn't even been like four or five months since I stopped playing. Right. But I'm so used to going to the batting cages, working with my hitting coach, working with my catching guys. Uh, learning the game, watching it, going on YouTube and watching coaches talk. Like that's what I did in my off seasons. I had very little free time in my off seasons because I was so 
obsessed is the wrong word, but I was just so dedicated to my craft. I wanted the swing to be there. I wanted my approach to be there. I needed my eyes to be focused on exactly what I wanted. And I had such a tunnel vision when I played that now that I'm just Ryan Lidge, the, you know, it's, I still am consider myself in that athletic realm, but I'm just teaching it now. It's definitely different, but I mean, I was scrolling through my phone the other day, looking at uh, highlights of last year and looking at some swings and I get emotional about it. Cause I'm like, man, I'm, I'm going to miss it so much. And for those who know me, know how important baseball is to me. It, I, I'm going to have probably a couple challenges during the summer and having to, uh, you know, still slow down and say, it's okay. You can't play forever. Um, I'm more than a baseball player. I'm not, that's not what defines me. It's not my main identity, but it, it's difficult. I mean, I've already had, it's February and I've already been, man, I miss it already. So, uh, but you know, it's a good thing because that means baseball was amazing to me. You just said baseball is not my main identity. What is your main identity? Uh, I, you know, I want to be the most positive person, the most genuine, authentic self that I can be. Uh, I'm really strong in my faith, so that has a ton to do with it. Being a, being a, a, a good Christian uh, man, uh, that's a huge part of my identity. Um, but just every time I go somewhere, every time I'm talking to someone, that they feel that this is the Ryan Lidge. He's not hiding anything. He is himself. And that that's what I want. If I meet you for the first time, I want you walking away saying, I've never been around someone with, with such positivity or, or such passion for whatever it is we're, we're, we're doing, even if we're just sitting around uh, uh, getting, getting lunch or something. I feel like it would help you a lot doing what you do and teaching people how to be in the zone and how to manage their thoughts. It would help you a lot that first moment in the summer when you're watching baseball maybe it's a chicago dogs game and you see your former teammates and coaches playing and you have that pit in your stomach that oh god i know i can play i want to be out there and your thoughts might run wild but you're teaching people how to manage their thoughts so what's your plan for managing your own well usually when uh, again if you want to change how you feel you got to change how you think so for me i think that if I'm sitting in the stands at a dog's game and I'm like, I got that little feeling in my stomach that's like, man, I could still be out there. That's, uh, I, I wish I could play this game forever, right? So I need to recognize, I need to be aware that that's what that thought is coming from. But that also is coming from being worried about the future. Uh, I've been baseball my whole life. So until I was 30 years old, I played. What's the future hold? Uh, am I going to like my future? Am, am, it, it's a little scary to think, baseball playing it isn't a part of my future when i was 25 i could see baseball forever but i'm not 25 anymore then worry really comes from things that happen in your past and you sprinkle that into the future and so baseball being in my past and me before when baseball didn't work out the world came crumbling down but now i know that i'm more than a baseball player i know that that isn't the only thing that Ryan Lidge can do in this life. So when I feel that way, I usually take a deep breath. I actually lift my chin up because that'll help negative. We call that the light switch tool at Zone Coach. That actually will 75% of the people that actually lift their chin up when they think of a negative thought, 
will say that that negative thought goes away completely or they have to conjure it back up. So I'll lift my chin and then I'll see that positive future that I want and believe that I, I can have that positive future. But I really think that that's where that pit comes from is being concerned about, I don't really know what's next. But that's where, again, that awareness comes in where, you know what, I do know what's next. I do know that my future is bright and that I can do this thing. And so then once that happens, I'm like, man, now I can think about that baseball career. That was so much fun. That was the best thing. I'm so blessed that I was able to play for 10 years. And now I can give back to people. And some people feel that feeling when they're 23. Some kids feel that feeling when they're 20 or 18 years old. How lucky am I to have that at 30 years old? So I, that's why I'm in this game is to make sure that those guys, in a weird sense, do have that when they're 30. Because that means they had 10 more years to play the game that they love. Ryan, you mentioned the time when baseball was first taken away from you. A few years ago when you were a member of the Yankees organization, they cut you. And for one day, and I think just one day only, you said you were done. You had given up. You thought that was your moment to be done with baseball. But then everything changed. So take me through that time in your life. What changed that got you back into the game? Yeah, so uh, 2020, COVID, um, it's very challenging life for a uh, time for everyone. And so I was actually in spring training, uh, and I totally revamped my game. So the dogs, the, the player on the dogs that the people saw who are listening, that's who I was starting to become. I was a totally different ball player with the Yankees. And people who played on the Yankees with me uh, will tell you that exact story. Uh, even my family will tell you that exact story. And I'll tell you that exact story. But 2020 came, and then the season was canceled and in about june uh i got a call from the front offices that said ryan we've decided to uh part ways we're going to release you we wish you the best of luck and and uh that was a that was tough news for me now i did have a feeling it might happen because the the writing was on the wall uh for me my, my offensive numbers weren't that great and i just i just had a feeling right and so I get that call and I actually almost had like a sense of relief, uh, which was strange. And then I had frustration, which was like, I'm so done with the politics. I'm done with the drama. I'm done with, you know, things not going my way. I was kind of in a woe is me type, you know, I was being a victim in a sense. And I was judging the Yankees, uh, which the champion doesn't think that way. But at that time, I was letting those external factors completely affect the way I was thinking, which affected my feelings. And I was on the phone with my mom and I started crying. I'm like, I think I'm done. I think I'm done. And that was the first time where I really felt like the sadness that man, baseball's done. And, uh, then like the next day, um, I get on the phone with my brothers, my sister, my, my parents. And it was really my older brother that really planted that seed. That was like, you just, you got it. You got to try just till the end of this year. There's there he's like there's one league playing. That's what I've heard and it's called the American Association and that was funny because I did get an email from the Winnipeg Gold Eyes. Rick Forney emailed me um, and I'm like, "Okay, maybe." And so that day I'm driving to a baseball field to to go train. I'm in Florida at the time. And uh, on the way to the field, I'm I'm just in my thoughts and I'm I'm, I'm saying a prayer and I'm just like, "You know what? If this is meant to be, if if, if this is meant to be over 
or I'm meant to continue. I just don't know anymore. I'm so confused. And I didn't really say give me a sign or anything, but I just had this feeling to turn my radio on. And the song just started, and it was Dream On by Aerosmith. And I'm like, I'm not a big guy who believes in coincidence. Like, I think that things happen, and we just need to be more aware of it. And I was incredibly aware at that time. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, Dream On. Like, cool. Like, okay, this is this is strange. I get to the ballpark, and it's just like a live batting practice. Um, which is essentially the pitcher's throwing to the hitter, there's a catcher, there's no one in the field, just getting some work in. And never in my life have I hit an opposite field home run, ever, as a lefty. Never hit one over the left field fence. And my first at-bat, I did just that. So the day that I decided I wasn't going to play, I heard a song, Dream On, after praying about it, and then I hit an opposite field home run, which I've never done in my life. So now I'm like the signs are pointing to me not not to stop so then i take again what my brother said and i immediately call rick forney with the gold eyes uh i actually already told him no so i had to call him again and just not beg but say i'm so sorry please i want to go i want to go play and i go to the gold eyes i don't play a lot i get covid so now i get sick i'm out for a week and a half and the moment i come back rick who i've have thanked to this day and beyond. I'm so grateful for it. He trades me to the Chicago Dogs. And the rest is an incredible blessing. And for those know it, I guess you could say the rest is history, as cheesy as that is. That is a little cheesy, but it's true. And I'm really proud to have been a part of that, get to tell those stories, broadcasting it. You had the major walk-off win against the Milwaukee Milkmen that pretty much closed that chapter of your career. But before we get to the end... I want to go back to that moment, Ryan, because I tend to think that people do what their gut tells them to do, and they might look for reasons to follow their gut. You found Steven Tyler screaming dream on at you. You found hitting that oppo taco down in Florida. Why do you think it was that you still wanted to play? I mean, uh, baseball is – I'm a baseball guy. It's just – my parents never forced it on me or my twin brother, Dylan. Um, yeah, my older brother played. My sister played softball. Um, I looked up to my cousin, Brad Lidge, who played in the major leagues for a long time, was a closer uh, with the Houston Astros, won a World Series with the Philadelphia Phillies. Um, but I just love baseball so much, and it was hard to say goodbye. But I also knew that I wasn't even close through all my time at Notre Dame, where I played college all my time through the Yankees that I wasn't even close to reaching my potential. Not even, I had barely even scratched the surface. I felt like, I felt like I was a better catcher. I felt like I was a better hitter. I felt like I was not showing who I can be on the field. And once I, I didn't really recognize that, but looking back, it's like, once I got into this independent baseball realm, I like have felt like the shackles were off and let's go be Ryan Lidge, but how do we do that? I got to work my butt off because I haven't worked hard as hard as I need to yet. I need to believe in myself more than I ever have before. And I need to bet on Ryan Lidge. I need to put all the money on Ryan Lidge that he's going to do it. And not necessarily that I had a safety net, but I got to cut the safety nets down. I got to burn the boats, if you will. So um, that's really what kept me going these last couple of years. 
How do you think differently when you burn the boat when you don't have those safety nets? There's just, it's, it's right. So the story is, you know, you, you get on an island and uh, you burn the boat and there ain't coming back. You're going to war. You burn the boats. There's no escape now. So I just sold everything into, I'm going to be the best baseball player I can be. Now, I, that didn't mean that I, I, I said goodbye to Ryan Lidge, the brother. I said goodbye to Ryan Lidge, the uh, the son, the Ryan Lidge who's a friend, the Ryan Lidge who loves watching movies and is a musician and loves all this other other things, right? But that said that if I have a basket of eggs, right, I don't have all my eggs in one basket per se, but there is one egg that's like a eagle ostrich size egg, and that was baseball. And I said, everything, the majority of my thoughts, the majority of my time needs to be in my baseball arena. And I need to just quadruple down what I've been doing the last couple of years. And um, a lot of positive self-talk, a lot of visualization. And at the end of the day, a lot of down into the dirt work that I had to do with, you know, getting into semantics of the swing, uh, being obsessed with wanting to be as quick to the baseball, as short of the ball as I can, using my legs, training my vision, training my mindset with an approach. That's what I was doing from the end of the season to the beginning of the season. Most guys, they would take a month off, maybe two months off. I didn't take a day off. That's how much I wanted and the sacrifice that I was willing to make in order to, at the end of the day, have the numbers that I want on the scoreboard and have the a higher number in the W and the win column that I did in the L column. Ryan, I only really believe in tangents when they're relevant because I don't want to waste my listeners' time. But I know a lot about you, and you just dropped something that I had never heard about you before, and it's that you're a musician? <laughs> I mean... Me. I, I play the guitar. Uh, I need okay. to get back into it. I need to get back into it. I, I taught myself when I was in middle school, uh, and I love playing. I love music. Uh, music's a very important part of my life. It's actually a pipeline to the zone. You know, you, you put on your headphones, you watch the football players, the basketball players, baseball players getting in the zone. Do that before your meetings. Do that before a date. Get in the zone. Uh, but I, I just love music, and I really like playing the guitar. It's a lot of fun. I, I like melodies. I like making my own stuff. Me and my buddies actually uh, have like the system that we use to make songs that we make fun of each other through the song. So we release a surprise song making fun of Ryan. Oh, no one knew we were making this. I'm making fun of my twin brother, Dylan, you know, all all in good fun. But yeah, I love music, man. I I like to make it. I like to sing it. I'm not that great of a singer. Uh, Just just ask my uh, friends. But uh, uh, I I, I play the guitar and I love it. I, I, you know, it's just something that I get to do in my free time. Uh, that's awesome. And and part of the reason I ask is because there is that mind-body connection with making music, listening to music, and having optimal performance, which you really did have. I mean, you were an all-star in the American Association. You led the dogs to playoff berths, division championships, year after year. And then in your final season, you came just a few games shy of a league championship. So you did put up those numbers that you set out to achieve. And Ryan, I know a lot of that had to do with vision and simplifying your thoughts. You said you used to have 25 plus thoughts when you would come to the plate. And by the time you were peak performance, it was just one thought. So mm-hmm. what was that thought? 
Yeah, so it's it's actually funny. I knew you were going to bring this up because this is one of the first conversations that Sam Brief and Ryan Lidge had in Fargo <laughs> at the Panera when you're asking me what's what's going to separate me from everyone else. And I said, I am going to see the ball better than anyone else in the league. And there might be guys with better swings than me. There's going to for sure be guys that are stronger and faster and more physical than me. But nobody is going to see the ball better, and nobody's going to think better than I do at the plate. I, I refuse to let that happen. So I have a standard that I wanted to hit every single day. And so that I actually had one to three thoughts depending on a given situation. So I hit solid. That's the first thought. That simple. You can add I hit solid with an accelerated bat head. That's the thought. Boom, I'm on deck. I hit solid with an accelerated bat head. I'm taking my swings and I'm, I'm doing my thing. And yeah, I'm mingling with the crowd. But I got one thought in my head. I hit solid with an accelerated bat head. I'm hearing that sound, that crack of the bat when I barrel the ball perfectly. And I'm also feeling it, right? So I'm feeling that sound. And that's giving me confidence. That's replaying in my mind what I exactly what I want to happen. So when I step to the plate, I hit solid is my only thought. Now... There's also two other thoughts that I could have that's see the ball as early as I can track the baseball. So see it early and see it all the way. So see the ball. I hit solid and see the ball. If those two say I fouled the ball off, right? If those two didn't work, I would maybe add one more thought, which would be be on time or be earlier or really those two, honestly, not be later i don't think i would ever tell myself to be later because in baseball if you're if you're on time you're late if you're early you're on time so i would every game i would try to hit the standard of hitting a baseball solid twice so two for four of hitting the ball solid does that mean i have two hits no i could hit the ball solid twice right at the pitcher right at the third baseman i could be robbed over the fence um but that was my standard and i only brought that thought to the plate maybe there was a thought of before, you know, after in between pitches, hey, this guy's going to throw me a curveball right now. Hey, I want to make sure I go the other way here. Hey, I'm going to really get the head out and try to lift this ball to right field. But that happens in between the pitches. Once I get in the box, once my eyes are locked in on the pitcher, I only have really those one, two, or three thoughts. And that simplifies the game so much because it's such a mental game. I'm hearing such a healthy thought approach. Now, hear me out with this because I, I even – have been toying with this concept recently, which is that it's harder to avoid a negative than it is to achieve a positive. So with thoughts, it's so hard to suppress this nagging negative thought you have just to say, I'm going to avoid that. I'm going to avoid that. That's really hard to do. You need something else. You need to go to the positive thought. That's really what I hear with you. It's, it's not, I'm going to avoid self-doubt. It's, I'm just going to hit solid. Right, and you, you you have to train it, just like you train your, your muscles in the weight room, just like you train a swing in baseball, uh, just like you train an arm strength of the, as a pitcher. You have to train your mind. And so if you're a baseball player right now and you're listening to this podcast or you're doing anything and you're like, man, I just, I just can't get positive, I can't do it, that's like saying I can't increase my leg strength. That's like saying I can't increase my bench press. Well, if I told you, Sam – you told me that you want to get faster and you want to increase your, uh, you, you want to lower your 40 yard dash time for the NFL draft. What would you, what would I probably tell you to do? Go start sprinting more. If you want to start thinking more positively, 
you got to start incorporating tools, strategies, tactics in order to start thinking more positively. Is it easy? Absolutely not. That's why that's why we're in business, honestly, is because it is so challenging. But really self-talk, being aware of how you talk to yourself, being aware of what you're visualizing in your mind. Uh, are you seeing what you don't want to happen more often than what you want to happen? And as you start doing that over the course of a week, of a month, of a year, now it just starts to become habit. And we actually do have a very bold statement with Zone Coach that says we can break a habit in seven to 10 days, but that is just hammering our, our tools, our, uh, our strategies, hammering on our clients. So, um, yeah, it's not easy, but uh, in your seventh year pro ball, doing it all the time, it was almost second nature for me. I saw you playing a lot, right? I saw you squatting behind home plate, throwing runners down, hitting sometimes home runs, sometimes strikeouts. I saw it all. But I think what I saw most and what probably any baseball broadcaster sees more than anything is sitting on the bus <laughs> because that <laughs> is what we do so much. Driving from Chicago to Winnipeg to Fargo to Texas to Kansas City and I often let my mind wander, sometimes positively, sometimes negatively, and I look around the bus and I see 25 baseball players, Ryan Lidge among them, and you're looking out the window at the cornfields of Iowa and the plains of North Dakota, and sometimes I think, what are the guys thinking? Where are their minds wandering? Maybe you just went 0 for 12 in a three-game series. How do you control your mind in those moments when you don't have the stimulation of a crowded stadium and a guy throwing a ball at you 95-plus miles an hour? Right. So that comes back to uh, this self-discipline aspect of having like a, what we call a life blueprint. So with, with Zone Coach and what I've done since I was 18, uh, just working 10 years in the system with founder Jim Fannin, is we segregate our lives into different arenas. So I've mentioned it a couple times, but I have a baseball arena. I have a brother arena. I have a son arena. I have a personal not finance arena. I've got a self arena. I have hobbies. I have relationship. Uh, when I was in school, I had a student arena, uh, a career uh, arena. So you separate your life into these different arenas, and every thought you have is put into one of those arenas. So I have thoughts about baseball. I have thoughts about finance. I have thoughts about uh, a, a relationship. So when I'm on the bus, I got to take that baseball arena as easy as it sounds. I get it. And I got to put it to the side. And now I'm teammate friend arena, Ryan. So what do I do? I'm going to talk to Brian Schlitter. Who's right across from me. Uh, Nick green. Who's across from me. Joe Cavallaro sat in front of me. Uh, Grant K was on my team for two years. One of my favorite teammates. We would just talk back and forth about anything other than baseball. Now, does that mean that we never talked about baseball? No, I'd be lying to say if I didn't. But being aware of, okay, is this something that I really just want to, do I want to pout right now? Do I want to be upset about an 0 for 4? No. Am I, can I do anything about it right now? I can't do anything about it. So what am I going to do? I'm going to see what I want. I'm going to be positive, have a positive future. And then I'm going to close that door and I'm going to go, I'm going to take maybe five seconds to do that, maybe 90 seconds to do that. I'm going to reboot my brain, and now I'm going to get onto the bus and watch a movie, play a video game, uh, talk with the guys, go up to the front, talk to Sam, see how he's doing, uh, talk to Stu Cliver, our pitching coach, right? 
uh, get on the mic and start and start cracking jokes with the guys. Right. One of my favorite things. And you use that bus time as a time to build those relationships that for me, I have a ton of them that will last a lifetime now. A lot of people struggle with closing that door, right? You said it might take five seconds. It might take 90 seconds. Heck, it might take a day. It might take many days if there's trauma involved. How do you close that door? It takes a lot of pa- uh, practice, a lot of patience. Uh, so I am, I, again, it's another, another tool. It's a, we call it the 90-second rule. So when you're switching arenas, give yourselves up to 90 seconds to – Think about that arena that you're leaving now. So if you're if you're in your driveway and you're about to go in your house after work, you're leaving your work arena. Don't bring that negative thoughts, those negative energy into that house to your wife, to your spouse, who, who to your kids, whoever they are. Leave it in that car. Take that 90 seconds to slow your thoughts down. Think about what you want. See that positive future. And then that's it. Close the door and move on to the next one and see how you want to be for that next person. And honestly, just being aware of it, being aware that, okay, I'm switching arenas helps so much in order to, you know what? I do need to uh, uh, keep my, my negative thoughts. If I had a bad day at work, I need to keep them over there. If I had a bad day on the field, I gotta, I gotta keep them out. Does that mean that they don't creep in? No, they absolutely creep in, but that's where the awareness comes in of what am I thinking about right now? Why am I feeling this way? Oh, it's because I'm thinking about me striking out last night okay get out of there i'm gonna raise my chin i'm gonna slow my breathing down i'm gonna now i'm gonna focus back in on on the present moment because right there i was in the past i can't be in the past i want to be in the moment so easier said than done but as you practice it just like anything else you start to get better at it and then you don't even think about it ironically pun intended (laughs) ryan i know you haven't really watched much baseball since you retired because it was the off season, and right now it's the middle of February, so a couple more months, we'll have baseball. But I always love talking baseball with you and other current players because I know you see the game differently. You're thinking of things that I don't think about because I never played the game professionally. But now you have Ryan Lidge, the ex-ball player, and Ryan Lidge, the mental performance coach. How's that going to change the way, or does it change the way maybe you watch some other sports? Yeah, it, I mean, I've always I always kind of watched it in that way, right? I want to see, you know, who's winning that energy battle, who's uh, who's more relaxed in in key moments of truth, right? When expectations don't meet reality of uh, of the Super Bowl, right? The Patrick Mahomes throws an interception, he doesn't expect to do that. So when that happens, what happens to you? Do you panic? Do you get frustrated? Or do you move on to the next thing? And so those are the things that I pay attention to. Um, but then obviously I get, especially with baseball, I fall into the strategy. I fall into the mechanical side. I fall into the, well, that's why this guy isn't hitting it. it you know, his, his mind is taking him here, but physically he needs to discipline his swing more. Maybe he needs to track the ball more. If That's why he didn't hit that ball out. That's why he didn't do this. So I definitely fall into that sort of uh, uh, jargon often, uh, I guess. And it's fun for me because I, I, I love baseball. I like watching it i like seeing if i was this guy's coach what would i be doing you talk about body language you mentioned patrick mahomes i watched the afc championship game the other day chiefs over the ravens lamar jackson threw an interception late in the game and he is slamming his helmet down screaming bloody murder like that 
that guy's a little off right now. Right. And, right? He's an that, incredible player, but he was off. That first initial reaction is going to happen to the majority of people. right? Mm-hmm. Tom Brady, he would get frustrated too. You're human. You're only human. You're not going to be perfect. You're not this robot that doesn't experience emotions. But you got to be able to move on to the next thing and then not try to do more. And if we're talking about Lamar Jackson, I mean, they didn't run the football. He was throwing bombs down the field. He was trying to throw 100 yards past and score 17 points in one touchdown, which ain't going to happen. It's like trying to hit a seven-run home run in the ninth inning and you're down seven, right? So that's where it's recognizing uh, in the mental game that, hey, I can only do so much in this moment. I'm going to draw that line in the sand and say, I need to hit here. I need to just throw a, a completion. I need to gain positive yards. I just need to, to hit a good pitch, whatever it is. And you focus on that. And then you move on to the next thing. And then the next thing. And the next thing. And Patrick Mahomes, man, he, he does it as good as anyone has ever done it in the game of football. Yeah, I can't wait to watch. We're recording yeah. right now on the Wednesday of Super Bowl week. So by the time you all listen, you will know who wins Chiefs Niners. Yeah. Ryan and I don't know quite yet. Although I do know it's Chiefs, MVP, right? MVP Pat Mahomes. I mean, <laughs> you know, and I know it is Wednesday, but MVP Pat Mahomes. Chiefs win 27-24. That's it. So when this comes out, I'm going to sound amazing. Or I'm not going to sound amazing, but I think I will. <laughs> I'll go 28-20 KC oh, and yeah. try to sound a little more amazing than you. But Ryan Lidge, before I let you go, I want to finish with something that I'm very curious to hear your answer. And this is how I end every podcast. But you especially, I cannot wait to hear where you take this. Give me and all of our listeners a piece of advice. That's a great question, Sam. Um, My piece of advice is... is think about what you think about really at the end of the day think about the 2000 to 3000 thoughts that you have every single day and think about what you think about if you took a printout of all of your thoughts on a given day and that was printed out hard copies would you want other people to see those thoughts no, I don't even want people to see my thoughts either. And I do this for a living, right? I, I go to jail. <laughs> <laughs> but that example tends to resonate. Be like, man, you're right. And the other thing, if you were your own employee and you talk to yourself the way that if your employees talk to yourself the way that you talk to yourself, you'd probably fire yourself if that makes sense because we don't we don't treat ourselves well we don't treat ourselves like champions we treat ourselves like victims and we just judge over and over again but those true champions in life which isn't that sport figure right it's it's not someone who's on the news every day it's it's that single mom that is able to to control and and be disciplined in her life to take care of her her family it's the teacher that has a stressful day because her students are acting up and yet she's still able to stay composed and and teach her class some valuable information it's having that just good day where everything seems to to go right because it just was a great day and how many of those days can you have in a row and for me that's the zone can you have a good day 
every single day? And can you stretch that zone state consistently? And you'll do that if you just are aware of your thoughts. And so that's my advice to everyone is the next couple days, think about your thoughts, think about what you think about and be aware of when you're anchoring yourself into that negativity. The biggest takeaway, be aware. Right? Be aware, you're, man. you're not asking, the homework you're giving me and, and giving all of us, it, it's not hefty. It's just be aware because that leads to a lot of good things. Oh my gosh, awareness is so key. It's, it's, it's the most important thing. Am I aware that what I'm telling myself, what I'm thinking is, is that putting me into a positive future or not? We all want a positive future, Sam. Everyone listening at home, no one wants to be in negativity. And that first step is just that self-awareness of what's going on upstairs because that's going to help you change the way you feel. Be aware, change the way you feel, and you perform better in everything. Ryan Lidge, you are a gem. I would love to be a client. I'll just keep being a friend of yours, though, and I, I, I have to have you back on the mental game. So I'll yeah, say this was I, just I part one there. of many. I have to be back. I'll see that as my positive future right now. It's two, three, 17, 20 more times on the mental game. Good. <laughs> I'm lifting my chin and envisioning it. Ryan Lidge, I love it. thank you for joining. You are the man. Wishing you all the best up ahead, and we'll talk soon. Thanks, Sam. You're the man, too, dude. Hey, Sam here back in the studio. Great conversation with Ryan. Really appreciate his energy, his perspective. You do the same thing every day, 365 days a year for your whole life, and then you're not doing it. That's Ryan going from being a baseball player to not being a baseball player, and I just think it's so cool how he's filled that by being a mental performance coach. He's just an awesome dude. I mean, I could tell so many stories about being on the bus with the Chicago Dogs, and we'd be in the middle of North Dakota at 2 a.m., and Ryan would come up to the front, grab the mic, and lead story sessions and sort of stand-up comedy sessions, roasts, I mean, everything you could imagine, and uh, it got real. So <laughs> Ryan Lidge on the Mental Game Podcast, keeping it PG. Appreciate his time and appreciate your time. As always, remember, you can support The Mental Game. You can subscribe on Apple, Spotify. Whenever you like it, rate it, review it, share it. It really helps, the algorithms and all that. So please help spread the word if this podcast has helped you, if this podcast is interesting to you at all. As always, too, a proud sponsor of the podcast is the Lasers Ladybug Society, a wonderful charity based in the Richmond, Virginia area that helps raise money and use money really well for things like after-school programs and focused, of course, on mental health. So more information on that is available in the description and online with Lasers Ladybug Society. So that's it for the mental game. We'll have a pickleball-themed episode coming up next. But this has been Ryan Lidge. I have been Sam Brief. Make sure to take care of yourself, take care of others, and I'll talk to you next time. <laughs>